Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I am so thankful that you joined us as we continue to study the Word of God and we go into the Scripture and continue our subject or message that we've been teaching of the last few lessons about feasting on Jesus. Now I just want to first talk about a little bit about what uh, feasting is. Feasting is, uh, I will call it a lavish supper. It's, it's uh, a, lav a lavish or a, uh, something that you will call an outstanding dinner experience to where if you've ever been to any of the Argentine restaurants, uh, I know I uh, have had an opportunity out of town and here in Atlanta where you are fed according to, you just, you, you go in, you pay your, you pay your, uh, your dinner, your, your, your price coming in and whatever is on the menu, you can have in abundance. They give you a red, if my memory serves me right, and a green card. If you have the tar turn to green, that means that when you make your initial order, whatever meat, whatever vegetables, whatever things that you desire to have, especially the meats, they will give it to you until you say stop. Until you turn that card over to red, that means they're going to continue to come around to your table. When your plate is empty, they're going to fill it up again with the things that you ordered before. It will go on and on and on and on. And you will have a feast to the up to the till you cannot hold anymore. And that's why I call this uh, this message or this these teachings about feasting on Jesus. And that feasting is that we come to him and he becomes our necessary food, our our necessary meal, that we eat the word of God. We meditate on it. We allow it to become our food. We, it becomes our, our meditation. It becomes our everything because we recognize that we must have total dependence on Jesus. Total and we've had a what's called an unconditional surrender. You know, you many times when uh, in battle or when wars happen to where the two sides come, when they're getting ready to end the fight, uh, one side will have his conditions and the other side said, well, I got some conditions too. But the winner, when they've fought the battle and they just, when they've totally conquered the nation and totally conquered the people, they can issue terms of an unconditional surrender, meaning that the, the defeated foe say, you know what? Or the surrendering foe says, I don't have any, any, any conditions. I'll receive what's coming to me. And this is what Jesus has done for us. When we come to him, surrendering, making him and receiving him, not making him, receiving him as Lord and as Savior of our lives, he comes in and he blesses us abundantly, lavishly. He just pours out on us all that we can dare receive. All that we, the Bible says, it, it, he, he pours so much on us that, you know, it's, it's I have not seen, ear nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things, all the things that God had for them who have surrendered to him, those who have given their hearts. And I believe that's over in uh, in the book of uh, Ephesians. It talks about how that, this is Ephesians 3.20. It says that now unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. That's talking about lavish. That's talking about a feast. That's that's exceeding, meaning you just the the the, the servers just come on, just pile it on. You hey, just take it, just just all you can take, all you can handle. They give to you. Then they talk about in abundance, 
it's it's so much that you look. Um, I remember my grandma and others would say that time that you just ask for so much and you look at the plate and your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you said, how can I hold all of this? But you recognize that there's an abundant supply that you can't eat them out. You can't eat it all because the more you eat, the more they bring. The more you eat, the more they bring. And then it talks about exceeding abundance above, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And see, we, you know, I would say in, in times past, uh, much in the past, in the, in the body of Christ, have been about, oh, with, you know, oh, poor me, and you know, if I could just get by, you know, if I could just make heaven my home, when the Lord is saying, occupy till I come. When you occupy, that means you conquer. That means you subdue. And see, we subdue with our words. That's where our authority is. It doesn't rely, it doesn't, our, my authority doesn't rely on the words of Eric. But it, it, it depends upon me knowing his word and speaking his words by faith. That's where my authority is. My authority resides in the word of God because Jesus says all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And see, because I am a receiver of that, then I am, I have, I am an authority figure when it comes to Satan. I can make, I make the command. I give the directions. That's why scripture says that Satan is like a roaring lion. He blasts out his words about all the diseases, all the corruption, all the evil things, all the bad news, because he wants to flood us and think that we will be overwhelmed by the, the volume that he throws towards us. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. And that more abundantly. He said, I will give you peace that passes all understanding, not as the world gives peace. See, the world will allow you to have peace as long as you follow the rules, as you uh, uh, as you willing to abide by all that they speak. Every time they change, you change. And the further you move away from God, the more you are accepted. The closer you come to God, the more you are rejected. But we, if we as believers would feast on his word and take it as much as he will pour unto you. If you will just receive it by faith and say, Lord, I receive your word by the faith of Jesus Christ. I live by the faith of the son of God. He who he lives and abides on the inside of me. I live. That's how I live. And that's how you must live as a believer. By just taking on Jesus, taking on Jesus. And the more you take on him, the more you receive of him, the more you will become like him. So let's go now. Let's go to the book of uh, St. John. We're going to go to Saint, the book of St. John, the fourth chapter. And we're going to continue in this chapter. We talked earlier about the uh, about uh, uh, the woman at the well, how that she spoke those things to Jesus and 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 she and she drew on him. And the more Jesus exposed to her, the more, and what I mean by exposed, the more he told her. And when he told her that I am he, that I am the Messiah you're looking for. I am that, that, that water that, that springs up to the everlasting life. I am, if you take up this water, if you drink of me, then you will never thirst again. And she said, give me this water. 
And because she was pulling on him, she was wanting to receive him. And she was, her thirst was being quenched. And when he, when he told her who he was and she received it by faith. And then he told her and set her free. She ran back to town and told everyone, come see a man that told me. He told me everything. All of my living, all of my life, he told me. And then Jesus was sitting at the, 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 uh, the disciples came. The woman had went back to the city and told the people and the people were excited and said, we're going to meet this man too. So we're going to pick up now in the book of St. John, fourth chapter. We're going to start reading about the 31st verse. Remember, the disciples had all went into town to buy meat, to buy supplies, to bring back so that, uh, uh, so that they could give unto Jesus and continue on their journey. St. John 4.31 In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Jesus is telling them something here. He's saying, I've got an appetite. I've got an appetite for something that you don't even, you have not, you have not received a revelation of. And then he says in the 33rd verse, Therefore said the disciples one to another, has any man brought him something to eat? They said, ought to eat. Did somebody else feed him? Perhaps this woman had a lunch bag or did somebody just drop by and feed him? Did, did the angels feed him? Who fed him? But Jesus said, my meat in the 34th verse, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So in other words, he's saying my appetite is not for the things of this world, but it is to feast on God. That's why he went away to pray. That's why he took time out and just meditated on the, on, on, on the, uh, on the instructions of God, receiving from the Holy Spirit and just can, having fellowship with the Father because that was his meat. God was satisfying him. And because he was filled up, he said, I don't do anything except that which I hear of my Father. That's what I'm doing. And when I go and I feast and in our relation, in our relationship, when I feast on that which uh, uh, has been written in the scriptures. And so when they asked him questions, when they brought the woman that was caught into adultery and they thought they had him. Remember, you don't remember the story. The woman was taken out of the bed, brought before Jesus because they wanted to trap him. They said, oh, he can't get out of this. Because they thought they had him between a rock and a hard place. You know, when you're between a rock and a hard place, that means you are, they're trying to put him under pressure. Because if Jesus let her go without punishment, then he was breaking the law. But if he upheld the law and he took up stones to stone her, then all the people would say, oh, he ain't what he said he was. He's talking about a love of the Father and all that God has, this, this new and living water and new and living way that he talked about. He's the same as the Pharisees. Why would we go to his church, in other words? But what did Jesus do? He brought wisdom. He said, he that were without sin, let him cast the first stone. And when people hear that, they said, oh, Jesus condoned her sin. He condoned her adultery. But what did he tell her? He said, oh, he said, uh, where are your accusers? She said, Father, uh, Lord, they're gone. They're, they're not here. 
They're going away. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. But he told her, go and sin no more. Why? Because he had feasted on the love of God and the wisdom of God was in him. He was wisdom. And the wisdom of God came up out of him. And he was able not only to save her life, but to save her life. He saved her natural life and he saved her spiritual life. Her natural life, she wasn't stoned. Her spiritual life, don't go back. You hear the words that I spoke to you. I'm giving you liberty to not be bound by that former life that you were in. And that's what feasting in Jesus would do for all of us. We will be givers of life because we've partaken, we've partaken of life. We've eaten of him. We've feasted on him. Because Jesus said, it's not what goes in that defiles a man, but what comes out of him. Because it comes out of the heart. That's what feasting on Jesus will do. It will change that soulish man of you. What did uh, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he goes on to say, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How are we transformed? By feasting on the word of God, by taking it, handling it, letting the Lord, not only just reading the word in volume, but taking time out to say, Lord, how did this apply to me? And help me, Lord, to take your word, your salvation, your grace, and not only administer love, but also that I can help apply a course correction in my instruction. It's not enough to apply grace. The Bible says we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves is the gift of God. Grace by itself is not enough because that would produce lawless living. I'm talking about grace alone. But we are saved by grace through faith because grace with faith will produce holiness, righteousness, prosperity, love, kindness, meekness, goodness, faith. All of these things will be produced in the believer. Scripture says grace through faith. That's what grace is here for. It's God's undeserved favor. But we're taking the whole lump. We're taking the whole roll. We're going to eat in balance and say, yes, Lord, we thank you for your grace. And we thank you that you freed us. But you did more than just free us, freed us. You've given us wisdom and knowledge, Lord. That we just walk by faith and just receive deliverance by the grace of God. Even when we're caught in the midst of ugliness and, 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 and when you, you get saved and you recognize that my life has been changed. But your actions don't betray what's the, your outside don't betray what's happening on the inside. That's where the faith comes in. And where you still have that craving to smoke. You still have that craving to, to creep at night or to creep over to that house that you know you shouldn't be going to. Or that anger rises up in us and we say things we shouldn't know we not, should not be saying. That's where faith in God's grace is said, Lord, I know you change. I know I've been changed. I know my heart, but Lord, I want to, I want to not only uh, uh, talk about it. I want to be about it. 
That's when we walk by faith. We trust in God and say, Lord, I trust you that not only is my inside man changed, but there will be a, there is a manifestation by faith of my outside man. Because that's what Jesus works on, the inside out. He said the man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. See, when you're in transition, I can be looking like a mess. I can be, I can be looking like the hell that I came through. But yet on the inside, there's been a change, a magnificent change that can't be detected from, the, from what I look like. But over, I keep on walking by faith, receiving God's grace every day. And somebody said, show me how that looks practically. And what I mean by practically means that how can I put this in action? How can I walk this out? Well, I walk it out by hearing the word, confessing the word, receiving the word. And no matter what my actions are, I know that I know that I know that I am delivered. Some folk, they get delivered on the day they receive salvation. They're delivered from that, that uh, addiction. They're delivered from that issue. They're delivered from that, that, that problem that they had. And they're filled with the Holy Ghost. And they go on with God. There are other people. They get saved. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. But seem like that same issue is there. And it is there. Because they have yet to, to, to see manifestation. But that's where the grace and the love of God will, 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 will keep pushing you on. Say, I love you. This is yours. Speak the word only. Speak the word of God. Don't speak your condition. Speak your manifestation. They say, oh, you one of them blabby, grabby preachers. You one of them faith preachers. You one of them prosperity preachers. I'm all that. But I also realize that if I speak grace to the people of God, then all those hidden issues that you've been hiding for years, you'll begin to talk to God because he already knows. Jesus, this woman knew she was in adultery. She knew that. But what did Jesus do? He talked to her about being free. About being free and about true relationship with God, true worship. So let's read on because Jesus wants to change your appetite. The word of God will change your appetite. You won't be so, 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 so greedy after food, but you will be greedy after food. You'll be greedy after the food, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's what our appetite must be on. Yes, we eat naturally. Yes, you, you, you can eat sumptuously. Yes, you can eat lavishly, but yet. When you're feasting on Jesus, he'll change your appetite. He'll change your natural appetite. For the thing that you used to do. And you won't beat yourself up when you fall. You won't beat yourself up when you fail. But you will say within yourself, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know, with, I know that I know that deep down in my know that God has delivered me. I trust you, Lord. I trust you with my salvation. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my health. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you with my children. I trust you, Lord. 
I trust you with my job. I trust you with my money. Why? Because your appetite changes when you're surrendered to Christ and you surrender in the word of God. No, it all doesn't happen overnight. Apostle Paul said, he said, I haven't apprehended. In other words, he said, I haven't finished. I'm not, I haven't reached perfection yet. But you know what? That old Paul you used to know, that old Saul, God gave him a name, name change. That man is gone. But he said, I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's where I'm headed. That's where you are headed. Now, we may be on different, we on the same road. We may be on different locations on the world. But we all going to get there in time, in God's time. For he who had began a good work in you shall finish it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Let's go on. So he said in the 35th, 30, uh, 35th verse, uh, let's read 34. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work. His appetite was again to do the will of God and to see God manifesting. Let there be an outward manifestation of the inward God that was in him. For he was God in flesh. Although he was man, he walked, he, he walked as God. He, he walked as a man. God was on the inside. Not all of God because his body would have exploded. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He had that body down here. He, he went through the same things. He got tired. He got hungry. He got, you know, he was weary with the journey. If we go back up a few verses, it said that Jesus was weary. He was tired from that distance, from the heat, from the uh, condition that he was suffering through. He was suffering. In, 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 if you think about it, think about being God and putting on a man's body and now and all the limitations that he had to go through. But he did it for you and me. He did it by faith, knowing that we were coming. He trusted you're going to be there. You're going to make it. Because again, as uh, Galatians 2.20 says, that we live by the faith of the Son of God. Did you ever read in the scriptures where Jesus' faith failed? No, 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 no. You never read in scriptures would Jesus ever fail in anything that he attempted? He spoke the word. Has, it, it, it has come to pass. It may not be manifested totally in your life. But in God's eyes, it's a finished work. Let's read on. And 35th verse says, Say not ye that there are four months and then cometh harvest. I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. For they are white already to harvest. And he that, har he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Because their appetite was to do the will of God. Their appetite was that we, that I live, I'm consumed with doing the will of God. I'm consumed with letting letting uh, uh, my relationship with him manifest. It's not about the doing because in Christ, if Christ in you and you have a relationship with him, the doing is going to be birthed out of you. 
So we don't have to worry about all these things. We see the world and, you know, it, it's so many things are happening and earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and, uh, and, 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 and murders and, and mass killings and random killings. And all of these things seem to be happen happening and are happening, not seeming, are happening. But yet, Jesus is still on the throne. Goodness and mercy still follows you. The grace of God still with you. His undeserved favor that he's appointed to all of us is still on you. You still have the authority to speak the word of God if you choose to do it. And if you get an appetite to do it, as you feast on him, you will see that manifestation of God in your life. And he goes on to say, I sent you to reap that wherein you bestowed no labor. Other men's labored, and you entered into their labors. And it goes on to say, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. Why? Because of the woman who testified and said, he told me all that I ever did. But on all of these things, this woman had a thirst. She had a thirst for God. Let's go over now to Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew five and six. And we're going to read how what, what, what Jesus said. And we, these scriptures are known in me and throughout history about the Beatitudes. Matthew five and six says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, you have to change what you're hungry for, what you're thirsty for. See, you have the words in the street sometimes that you can see people, they're thirsty. Some men are thirsty and some women are thirsty. They're not after the will and the, and, and the plan of God for their life, but they become thirsty for what they see and say, I've got to have it. Sometimes it's, um, it's, 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 the, uh, it's for sex. Sometimes it's for money. Sometimes it's for uh, 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 status. Some people are thirsty for status. They will do anything at any time to get ahead in life. That's why some, they, they talk about how that they are for the neighborhood. We're for our black brothers and sisters. We're for our Latino brothers and sisters. And yet they're selling uh, drugs on the corner. They're poisoning our kids. They're poisoning our, their neighbor. They're feeding poison into the neighborhood. Yes, we know that. Uh, uh, that, that drugs may have came, come through those with, with, with money and those uh, uh, of other races. But we are the one now that's selling it. We are the one now that are poisoning our neighborhoods. We have a choice. If you change your, what you are desiring and let Jesus become your focus, he can change your life. One touch of his favor is worth a lifetime of labor. One touch. He says again, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. No matter how much money you get, there are millionaires that commit suicide, that take their own lives. The rich, the famous, many of them, they go home lonely and blow their brains out because they don't feel like there's anybody to love them. And they, they, have their, they have mental issues because they don't have anyone to confide in and anyone to, 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 to uh, uh, be, their, be their friend or to be, their, be, that, be that person that's there for them. 
that's in their corner. Seems like everybody's taking, 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 taking. And you only, all of us only have so much to give. But scripture says again that he provides exceedingly. Ephesians 3.20. Abundantly. Above all that you, Jesus is the only one that doesn't disappoint. I know some people say that they are disappointed in God because he didn't give them that man they wanted, that woman they wanted, that job they wanted. Tom, you have to be in a place and have patience for God just because he knows the perfect time, the perfect place for you and someone that's suitable for you. He knows this. But when you're impatient and when you're moving out of time, that's when we destroy his plan. But I want to tell you, you may destroy plan A, but God's plan Z for your life is better than anything that you could ever imagine. One more verse. I think we've we've really um, time has really gotten away from us today. I want to read one more scripture today. We're going to read uh, the book of Matthew, Matthew 6, chapter and 31st verse. Same book. Going to read in Matthew again, 6, 31. And it reads, Therefore, and we read this before to you in another teaching. Jesus is telling them, he said, Therefore, take no thought saying, What shall I eat? I'm hungry for. What shall I drink? What I'm thirsty for. What shall I be clothed? He said, For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But the 33rd verse says, But seek ye first. The kingdom of God. He said, hunger and thirst after me. As he said in Matthew 5 and 6. He said, you hunger and thirst after me. He said, I'm going to fill you. I'm going to satisfy. As the word is called satiate. Means that it will satisfy and secure you. So that you will and, 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 and lock up your hunger. So when you're satiated, you're full. You're filled. You're satisfied. You'll say, it's enough. And it goes on to say, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I say again, what are you thirsty for? What is your mind's eye? What's in your mind's eye? Because you got an eye of the spirit of your soul. There is an eye that you have and, what, and, and a seeking that you have. You may not tell anybody else. <laughs> But God knows. God knows what your mind's eye, what's in your eye, what's in your focus. You can tell everybody how that you just go to work and that's all I'm doing. But God knows where your mind's eye is. He knows where your focus is and what you would do if you just had the opportunity. And it's not good. But beloved, I want to tell you, he loves you anyway. He's going to work with you. As I said earlier, scripture says, he that began a good work in you, if he saved you, if he filled you with his spirit and you are filled at salvation. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is another work of the spirit. Another step, an elevation of power and authority. But God knows. Your sin is not a problem with him. God, what you say, oh, preacher, you mean that I can go out and do, you can, you know what, you can do whatever you choose to do. You're going to bear that, that's, there is an issue in the world. 
But as far as sin is concerned, God put all your punishment on Jesus. Everything that you, every evil thing that you deserve, Jesus took it for you. But in this life, you can be saved and you can sin. But guess what Jesus, just what, just what the Lord is saying. I love my son. I love my daughter. They've gone astray. I've given them instructions. I've shown them my love. And I still love them. I see you down in that hole. I'm, and I'm, I by my hand, I'm stretching. I'm, 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 getting you, I'm getting you out of here. Take it. And then when you take it, now, because you've allowed Satan inroads into your life, the things that you've done will have gone gonna affect you. Because now you've lost, others have lost confidence in you. If you've broken a law, you may have to go to jail. If you've broken any work uh, stipulations, you may lose your job. But guess what? God still loves you. And you don't have to go that way. You could lose your job. You could lose your house. You could lose your, uh, uh, your marriage. All of these things could happen. But God said, I love you. And some of you, this has happened. You've lost house. You lost family. You lost a job. You lost car. You've broke. You've been bankrupt. But you know what? God has not forsaken you. He still loves you. Jesus has his hands outstretched to you. He says, come unto me. All of you are laden. All you are burdened and are heavy laden. He said, I will give you rest. If you still have a heart to listen, God's got a heart to give. Thank you today. I'm going to pray before we end this uh, message. Father, we thank you for those who listen today. We know your word goes out and does not return unto you void. We thank you that you love us all. Lord, we're on different levels and different places in coming to you, Lord, on the road, Lord God, to our ultimate journey, which is relationship with Jesus and a place with you one day in the heavens. But Lord, we're not looking to die. We're looking to live. We're looking to be that light. We're looking to be that man or that woman, oh God, that when the world see our good works, they glorify you in heaven because we feasted on you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the honor for you are the Lord God most worthy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Your people are lifted. We pray they are saved. They are delivered. They are set free. And we said, thank you, Jesus. For you are worthy of the praise. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen.